Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always. You know what it right now feels like, Christian? You remember back in, in school when it's the last week before winter break and you're just kind of going through the motions and everything. Everyone's just trying to to get to Friday, get to the end of the week. That's kind of how I feel right now. We've got two games left for the All-Star break and just ready to get a little healthier over the next little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's just funny that we're talking about this on a Monday, which is the beginning of the work week for normal people, but... If you're an NHL player, you are just staring at the calendar because your vacation is coming up. Uh, for the lucky few who don't have to go to the All-Star game, their mm-hmm. vacation is coming up in a week. So that is got to be one of the most exciting things because you look at the NHL, majority of these teams are in cold climates. So they're going to get to go to Mexico, California, and just enjoy life. And then for the unprivileged few who have to go to Toronto in yep. the middle of January, early February. Good luck to you. Yep. The ones that are too good for their own good now have to spend their break in Northern Canada in the middle of the winter while all of their teammates get to go hang out on the beach with their family. Can you imagine? Like It's like, hey, dude, how was your break? Oh, it was good. Went to Cabo, hung out with the boys, got some tan. What did you do? Oh, I was in uh, Toronto and had to stay in my hotel room when we weren't doing anything. Yeah, they made me do out a, a comedy sketch in the in the shootout competition. Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I got to I got to shoot pucks on a pond. Remember that one in Florida? No, I thought that was Vegas, wasn't was it? Vegas? Was Vegas that one? Was, yeah, it was Vegas where they did on the Bellagio last year. Yeah, yeah, where they shot pucks in the fountain for some reason. It was Gotta t- love it. Oh, it was great. But yes, the Avalanche have two games left before. They're all star break. It seems like some reinforcements are finally on the way as this team has been battered this entire month, but they just finished a five game road trip and came out of it with a winning record. They beat the Philadelphia Flyers seven to four in Philly and honestly, probably their worst game of the road trip. But when you next scored... to Boston, like the effort and the the result was totally different, but the abs got bailed out in this game because Carter Hart went back to Carter Hart from two years ago and not this year. Yeah. Like at least in Boston, I feel like they dominated portions of that game. The flyers put up 40 shots in this game. And because of the fact Carter Hart had one of the worst performances of the season and got pulled and had five goals on 15 shots scored against him. The abs walk away from this one, maybe a little tight after it got five, four, but end up with a pretty solid 7 to 4 win and a winning record on the road trip 7 and 3 in their last 10 games and you got Arturi Lekkinen on the horizon potentially coming back against Washington you got Byram out there skating again i mean i feel like we've been down this road several times over the last couple of years but it feels like you're starting to see things come together you're starting to th- see things come together and Arturi Lekkinen coming back to this lineup is probably one of the most important pieces of this lineup that's not named Nathan McKinnon or Miko Rantanen. And Bo Byram, 
the defense has actually done better than I thought without him being out. And if he gets tied back into that lineup too, you just have another top four defenseman to go into your lineup. So those two pieces are massive to the avalanche success for the second half of the season and for the playoff run coming up. But man, I, I it feels like our Trey Lecton has been hurt for six months. Doesn't it? It, re- it really does. It feels like he has been gone forever. Like we just kind of got used to it at a certain point. It's like, yeah, it's just our Terry Lekin and always on the horizon, but then this team just has to find ways to perform without him. And I feel like we haven't give them, given them enough credit for the fact that they've been without a guy like Lekkinen for so long, who does so many important things on this team. And especially with Val not available right now, putting Lekkinen back into the lineup is going to make such a massive difference. It, we were lucky that Val played as well as he did while Lekkinen was out. Because yes. if he didn't, this would be a totally different story. And now Lekkinen's going to come in and hopefully replace, replace Val and do what Val was doing while Lekkinen was out. And he's just going to add a punch to this lineup that they need. Another penalty killer, which I think is going to be massive for this team. And, oh, a guy who can get 20 goals in a year. You're just adding that back into your lineup after two and a half months, it seems. Yeah, just the, the ultimate jack-of-all-trades player. Was just the does. Kraken game that he got hurt in? Yeah, again, Kraken love breaking our guys' necks. Yeah, it, it, that game does feel like an eon ago. And having him come back, I, I'm super excited to see if he plays Wednesday against Washington. But we were talking off air, if he doesn't play till the first game back from break, I'm cool with that too. Yeah, I mean, same same with Byram. Like, if they miss the next two games and come back after the break just doubly healthy, that's perfectly fine, too. But I also feel like they've been doing a lot of work on the road trip yeah. and everything, all leaning towards getting them back into game action. Because then once you go on break, then you got to ramp back up again. So they're probably going to get in before the All-Star break, then go on another break, and then ramp back up with everybody else. I'm cool with either option. As long as I get those two players back into our lineup, totally fine with that. But it does bring up the question, like, it sucks when Byron comes back because you are going to have to send Malinsky back down to the AHL because he doesn't have to clear waivers. That's just the smart thing to do. But Malinsky has done nothing wrong to be sent down. It's just asset management. We talked about the first time he got sent down. Caleb Jones would, I would say he'd probably get picked up if he was put on waivers he's a solid enough defenseman that one of 31 other teams will take a flyer on him even if he clears like the bottom of the barrel teams someone's gonna take a chance on a solid six seven defenseman at league minimum putting him on waivers is just bad asset management it's bad so malinsky has done tremendous i mean this flyers game he had an assist i thought he played well in his 15 minutes on the ice but He's going to get sent down to the HL because, sorry, man, like you don't have to clear waivers. There there are only, there's only one guy on this team right now who's waivers exempt, and it's Sam Olinsky. It's it's nothing against his play, but your only other option, I think, realistically, is sending down McDermott, which they're not going to do. If they haven't done it yet, they're not just going to suddenly do it now. Yeah, I keep waiting, like... I really think the abs will try and just make everyone mad. Like, would it shock you at all if during this all-star break, they announce an extension for Curtis McDermott? No, <laughs> I mean, they, he keeps playing. Curtis McDermott is now up to how many games at this point? 24. Yep. And do you want to guess how many, how much time on ice per game he's averaging right now? Uh, I'm going to say right around 415. We were, you, you, you had the right phonetics there. It's 450. Okay. Uh, more than I thought, Yeah, but 
it, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Uh, it is nice to know that Malinsky, if he can get called upon, you don't have to worry. He, he adjusted yeah. the NHL game fine. I mean, but, the, the thing is, and sorry to cut you off there, but no, the, the thing is, is like you can just bring Malinsky back up. Right. You know, because he's he's going to go down and he's going to play with the Eagles. Is that a waste of his time? Yeah. Probably. But it's good to know at the end of the day that if someone gets hurt again or you need Malinsky's yeah, when someone gets hurt again, or you need Malinsky's style of play in a certain game, you can just bring him up and it's fine. And you know he can perform at the NHL level. I mean, it's not like you're sending him down for the rest of the season. You know, you're just giving him more opportunity to play more games and play more minutes than he would in the NHL down with the Eagles. And most importantly, in the playoffs, you're going to need black aces because like you said, when someone gets hurt, you can just throw Sam Malinsky on in there. And this is a lot more than an audition for this season. It's an audition for next season as well. Right. The Avs are going to have to make some decisions against the salary cap. Sam Malinsky is putting his name at the top of the list for I deserve a full-time NHL job. Yep. Couldn't agree more. And yeah, Bo Byron's going to kick ass when he comes back. And Artur Lechton's going to kick ass when he comes back. And overall, uh, just really good vibes right now with this team. Uh, for the first time in a while, it seems like we have some positive vibes. This Philly game changes a lot because I think if they would have lost this Philly game, because we both said they were going to lose, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the game went how we thought it would. but It we went exactly how we thought it would. We just didn't expect Carter Hart to be that shit. I mean, five goals on 15 shots is unwinnable. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it. The For the abs this year, you can't win games when you give up that many goals. Yeah, it was, it was nice to be on the other side of it where we get some <laughs> crazy bounces our way, bad goaltending on the other end, and winning a game we probably shouldn't have. Yep, 100%. Uh, that first period, like you said, they came out sleepy. They looked like a team that was ready to go home. I think the Flyers were out shooting us at one point, like 12 to 5, and yet somehow we were up 2 nothing in the game. It made zero sense. But you'll take it, and I mean – We've talked about them every episode, but the O'Connor, Colton, and Wood line just continues to kick so much ass. And it's just, I want this line to, like, I, I don't know if I want them to play 20 minutes a game or if they're more effective if you play them like 10 to 12, like most third lines. But right now, you cannot get them on the ice enough. No, and under no circumstances do you break them up. We've seen those players away from each other. They're just not as effective. You keep those guys together. I don't give a shit about injuries. I don't give a shit about putting the lines in a blender. That stays the same until whenever your season ends, those three are playing together. As long as they're all there, they should absolutely play together. They are playing in second line right now, which is not what they're designed to do. That That is a third line. Yet they're going up against other teams' second lines and not only treading water, they're winning those matchups. Because <laughs> like, you have Logan O'Connor gets his first career hat trick. Badass. He sets a new career high in goals with, what, 40 games left to play? Like, yeah, he's, he's got a solid 10 right now. And like, I thought it was 11. No, 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 it's 10. It's yeah. 10. You're right. Yeah, and he's at 10 now. And yeah, it's he's not on pace for 20. Can you imagine if Logan O'Connor gets to 20 That's goals? what I'm saying. It's not out of the realm of possibility that Logan O'Connor could chase down a 20-goal seat, even if he comes close. That's incredible. Oh, he is at 11. It's 11. Okay, okay. he is at 11. Okay, yeah. I should, should also mention, once again, much like the, the Panthers game a couple weeks ago, was actively working and unable to look at my phone and had to catch up on everything afterwards. So, yes, yep. Christian is 11. the source of information on this if game. 
if he does get to 20, that is very similar to what Daniel Sprong did last year. (laughs) And and like Daniel Sprong like had offensive talent before that. Logan O'Connor just developed it this offseason and now can put pucks in the net. It's crazy, man. I'm so happy for him. Uh, 11 goals, his first career hat trick. And yet somehow in this game wasn't one of the three stars. Which is uh, bullshit. We talked about this off air. We we need to get someone to like certify the three stars at the game. Yes, McKinnon deserved to be on there. And you can argue Rantanen too. Get Morgan Frost off of here to assist. Yeah. Was he even the best player on his own team? Get lost. O'Connor no. had a hat trick. You, you, Colton deserves to be on that list before yep. Morgan Frost does. But you got to appease the home fans. I don't even know why I'm bent out of shape about that. It's not like they keep track of who got the yeah. most three star appearances. But like that's just disrespectful to logan o'connor and one of the because that's that's a dog i fucking love logan o'connor he's a dog he he led the abs and shots on goal in this game yeah that's a guy who has worked on his game every single day of his life and has earned every single thing he has ever gotten in hockey from the time he was 10 years old that guy has never been in a a top position on a team he's earned everything he's ever gotten so to, to not see him get all of his flowers for his first career hat trick that that pisses me off i hate that yeah it's kind of annoying but he he was great he's been great all year and the best part is he signed for another year at one I, point i keep forgetting that it just i'm so conditioned to think that whenever someone just has a great year they're free to their their game to another level it's they're in a contract year and they're pricing themselves out now you can just sign o'connor on july 1st to an extension and just keep them and whatever yeah well and if we are going off career basis of his career he'll more than likely decrease his value again next year back to like a 1.5 which we'll be totally fine with Um, i don't don't know though because his his game this year like he's not shooting unsustainably no. It's the shorthanded goals from the beginning of the season. That was unsustainable. That's why it hasn't happened again. But like a lot of good deflections get into the right places. He's got great line mates and he has genuinely developed offensive skill because he's been a pure defensive forward for most of his career and honestly has turned into one of the better defensive wingers. Oh, yeah. In the league, especially in a depth role. And the fact that he's been able to develop offense like I've seen a couple of like, oh, it's going to regress and everything. Like, yeah, probably. But if he plays like this the rest of his career, he's going to be regularly hitting 10 goals and approaching 15. Yeah. Did you see the J Fresh card for him? Yeah. That was tweeted exactly. yesterday? Yeah. He's 72% war right now. Granted, I'm like most hockey fans. I don't know what a lot of these numbers mean. Yeah. War is an, a weird one to calculate for me because I don't know how a lot of the, like the active big overarching number comes together so i don't put as much stock into that i'd look at everything else when it comes to that but logan o'connor has developed into a perfect depth player on the stanley cup winning team like just the perfect guy who never complains never does anything wrong just goes out there and does his job and I, i was pissed that i missed him get the hat trick in this game like there's very few people on this team who deserve that more than him this works his ass off and if he gets extended this offseason i know i've made this promise a million times i'm gonna get his jersey if he okay because i I, I love him i love logan o'connor i can't get enough of him i'm so happy to see that he's finally putting pucks in the net and getting the the credit that he deserves on this team because even if he wasn't scoring he serves such an important role on this team on the penalty kill and being a, a shutdown winger that teams would kill 
to have. He is going to stick around in this league for a long time. He is going to make a career off of good teams. Like if he ever prices himself out of Colorado, he's going to another good playoff team. That's going to see him as a guy that's going to help push us over the top. And that is going to be the rest of his career, probably just going from team to team every couple of years and probably going on a couple of deep playoff runs. I would not be shocked if Logan O'Connor ends up with a couple of rings by the time his career is over, hopefully here. But even when he's not, he's going to be putting himself in good positions because that's the kind of guy that teams are going to target when they go try to win a cup. Yes, yes. Uh, to put a wrap on the Jay Fresh card, he tweeted out his EV defense is 99%. That that seems pretty good. Yeah. Um, and his PK is at 94%. And his finishing is up to 37%. So, Which for oh, Logan O'Connor is essentially a 50-goal season. Yes, like it's it's been absurd. Uh, he's not the only one in his line who I thought had just a fantastic game. Ross Colton is quietly putting together a really good stretch of hockey three points in this game against the flyers. He's actually filled in pretty well on that top power play unit. I've liked the way he's played and quietly. I thought he had a really good game on top of a couple good games on this road trip that he's been needed. So really happy with how Ross Colton's playing and miles Wood two assists, another two points. Like we already know what miles Wood's going to bring every night. And it's good to see this line get rewarded for all the hard work they put in. This is kind of like a, accumulation of all the good games they played and then this was finally the time that this line gets combines for eight points in a game yeah i mean they they just have such great chemistry together they complement each other's flaws so well i mean o'connor is a pure defensive forward miles woods surprisingly a lot more offensively focused and then you put those two together with ross colton in the middle who's a mix of both and what do you know it's a great combination of players and miles wood that I don't know if he had the flu or they put him on the Green Goblin serum because he has come back with with a vengeance ever since he had. I forgot that. who tweeted it out saying like maybe I should get the flu after. Wait, that was Evan. That was Evan. That was Evan. Yeah, yeah. I was like that. That they hit the nail right on the head there. He he was great. Um, that entire second line we say in quotations again, just phenomenal ice time for all of them over fifteen. Excuse me, over sixteen. Uh, all of them were just fantastic in this game. And we've gone for 20 minutes talking about this game. We haven't talked about the fact that Nathan McKinnon had four points in this game. <laughs> like, well, it's just it's just ho-hum. Yeah, it's ho-hum for Nathan McKinnon. He actually had five points at one point, but the stat correction took a point away from him. I, and I so, just that. He, he, he had five points in this game. Yeah. They're just trying to make the heart race close. Yeah, so he takes the lead in the points lead race solo for the first time in his career yeah i was i was a little surprised by that i was too i was too i guess i guess i just never thought about it that way yeah it it will he's just phenomenal two goals in this game could have had a hat trick of his own but he gave the puck up to logan o'connor classy teammate move because here's the thing nathan mckinnon's gonna score a lot more hat tricks in his career and has logan o'connor's ever going to yeah he might never score another hat trick like nathan mckinnon he's he's got plenty of hat tricks in his career and it was good to see him give up the puck to O'Connor in that situation. And I know people look at empty nets as like cheap free goals. O'Connor's on the ice in that situation for a reason. He deserves that still. You see sometimes where it's like like Ovechkin sometimes when he's on for an empty net or like not a defensive forward, not helping you keep this lead kind of thing, but you're just putting him out there for, to chase the he's goal. Yep. When, when it comes to the Avs, Logan O'Connor's an automatic out there when you're trying yes. to protect a lead and he he deserves that in that situation yep he, I, I thought mckinnon was great in that one gives it up and then miko ranton has two goals in this game like miko ranton could have the quietest 50 goal season in like the history of the nhl because he's at 26 now and he's going to get to 50 
And it's going to be like, I feel like people will be like, oh, yeah, Miko Rantan scored 50 goals again, back-to-back time in his career. And we'll be like, how the fuck did that happen? Because the way this team's going, you wouldn't expect Miko Rantan to have this many goals. But he's just quietly pots two goals in this game. That's how good he is. He's up to 60 points on the season right now. And would you say that you are, I don't want to say satisfied, but I don't know how else to put it. Do you feel satisfied with how Rantanen's been doing over the last little bit? Satisfied is a tough word. Like, I've... There's moments where he's going to like this year just feels different than last year and he's on the same point production. Maybe it's just because I had higher expectations of him going into this year, but he's doing exactly what he did last year, essentially. Let, let me word that better. Do you feel like you're getting all you can get from Miko Rantanen right now? I don't. Okay. I don't. And that's just because I view him as a top 10 player in the NHL. It's not that he's playing bad. It's just I expect Miko Rantanen to have 50 goals and 100 and 15 to 120 points. That's just what I expect. And he might. He might. It's just there's sometimes you watch games and you can just tell Miko's checked out. Yeah. I mean, we had the same complaints in in the cup season where it just felt like sometimes Miko Rantanen was not all there. And then last season, there wasn't really a choice. The spotlight was on him and he stepped up in a huge way. But Miko Rantanen's so good that he can just not be there the entire night, still pick up two goals backpedaling. And he he's uh, like, barring injury, he's going to hit 100 points. He's going to make it a race for 50. I think it's still up in the air as to whether or not he does it. But if he gets hot down the stretch, then he's going to do it. I think he will. It's just it's just funny to me because I looked at it and they showed it on the, like when he scores. And it's like, oh, yeah, he has 26 fucking goals. That's crazy. Like I, It feels like Miko's been on a goal-scoring drought most of the year. Um and it's just like he's not he's just a really fucking good hockey player he's not he's tied for eighth in scoring he's tied with mckinnon it feels like mckinnon scores every night and he's only got 26 he's only got 26 like it's just i i think we underappreciate miko in the aspect that he's still like a top 15 20 player in the league it's just we have such high expectations for him that when he he lives up to the expectations we're like yeah he could have probably done more though like it's just it's just where our minds go all the time, but it, give him his flowers a little bit. 26 goals, it, probably another all-star snub. If you look at it, like he probably should have been an all-star this year, but I think he's cool with it. Yeah. I think he's cool with it. And so am I, like I, yeah. the, the less players you can send to the all-star game, the better. Like I, I'm honestly ticked McKinnon, McCarr and Georgiev ago, more Georgiev than anything. Right. Not because he doesn't deserve it, but because like, <laughs> I, I mean that too, but that's a given like, but the yeah. guy, the guy needs a fucking break. He does. He does. Um, but overall great offensive game from the abs in this flyers game. Uh, the flyers are still a very good team. Like they just got, screwed by goaltending i mean i think i earned gained more respect for them after watching that game even though they lost i'm like this team's good they're going to be a pain in the ass for whatever team gets them in the first round and if they can just get decent goaltending which they've gotten all year they will be a problem uh travis konechny has 22 goals which that surprised me he gets one in this game um georgiev you talked about it he finishes at a 900 which and praise the lord above 40 shots, four goals against. That's a that's a 900. You take it's a it. 900. And he actually made some big saves in this game. I didn't love the Konechny goal, if we're being honest. Like that, that's just he doesn't see the puck, and that really kind of gave the Flyers some momentum. Uh, he made a couple big saves on the PK. 
early on. It, it's it was just a normal Georgiev game for this year. Like he made some big saves, and then there were a couple times you were left scratching your head, like how did you not save that dude? Yeah, uh, you look at a lot of the goals against in this game. There's a couple, I think two, especially the Konechny one, where that that's a bad one. The Forrester one, it's not the worst goal ever. Like it just the optics don't look good when you watch right. it because he just looks like he's standing still. But Tyson Forrester's got a nasty shot on him. That was a good shot. The entire reason he's in the league. But, I mean, it's not the greatest goal against ever, but he, semantics at that point. And the other one, you're just like, you can't do a ton about that. And he may also makes some big saves, finishes usually below 900, and does enough for you in this game where he vastly outduels both goalies on the other end because they... Yes could not find the puck if it was glowing red. Yeah, it, it was – I didn't – that fourth goal, I forget who scored it for the Flyers. Um, I don't know what Kale was doing on that play. I, it looked like he was confused on what to do with the puck there. I don't hold Georgiev for that. He's expecting the D-man to pick that up. But, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about Georgiev that we haven't already said. Like, it's just – I'm keeping my fingers crossed that he goes back into a 9-10. You know what? I'll take 9-0-5. If he can get to 905, I'll be happy. If he finishes the season at 905, I will do a backflip. That would be incredible. 910. That would be like a Vesna comeback. <laughs> yeah, he comes back and wins the Vesna. That'd be funny. Um that, that's just what I'm hoping for. I, I don't know what else. I feel like we talked about Georgiev at nauseum for the entire season. So if you're expecting any different commentary from us after this game, there is none. It was a typical Alexander Georgiev. There's nothing else to say. I mean, the guy's playing essentially every single night. He plays all but one of the games on this road trip and is not great for most of it. It's the same thing that it's been since November. It's it's not different. There's really nothing else to add to the conversation that we haven't already said. Yep, haven't already said. I I wouldn't hate if Annan gets the start against the Caps on Wednesday. I wouldn't I hate would, him. I wouldn't hate that either. I mean... Because I want to say, like, oh, you got the all-star break coming up. It's not a big deal, but he's playing at it, for fuck's yeah. sake. This is why it's so annoying to me, because I want him to get a good full reset. And I don't know if he's going to get that traveling to the all-star game and then get getting lit up like every goalie does in the yeah, all-star game. They like, should just play with an empty net, honestly. Right. Like, Because none of the goalies are like, trying. Like, like, throw David Ayers back in there. Like, pull all the emergency Oh, that'd actually be fun. Out. Yeah. Get the e-bugs out there. I actually wouldn't Pull like the most used e-bugs, like the guys who spend the most time up for in each division in the locker room each season and put them in the net. That'd be awesome. I'd actually enjoy that immensely. That would be very fun. Uh, or just have like... We're just slowly like trying to come up with ideas where we just faves the all-star game out altogether. Correct. Correct. Um, but yeah, I mean, I any other thoughts on this Flyers game? I thought the offense kicked ass. There were some moments where I would have loved some more from the D-men. Um, Kale McCarr becomes the second fastest player defenseman to reach 300 points, which is just funny that he, he couldn't do it in, in Boston, but he, yeah. he does it the next day in Philadelphia. Oh, well. Um, I don't know. I don't think I really have it much. It, it, the 11 o'clock game is weird. Like we, 11 a.m. local time. It was 1 p.m. for you're at. It, it felt weird because the game was over, and I was like, wait, I still have the whole day to – do whatever I want now. Like I, 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 this is weird. Like I, I don't know how to, what, what do I do with my hands? Like I'm used to watching the games late at night. And now you're telling me I don't have to stay up till midnight to finish a game. Yeah. Cause how many of these, I think we have two left the entire season, but none of them are at uh, one or 11 for you there. It's 2 PM Eastern time against Pittsburgh. So noon. Like and that. then 
2 p.m. Mountain Time against Winnipeg. Uh, or no, back-to-back, Saturday, Sunday, last the third and second-to-last game of the season, 2 p.m. Mountain Time, the 1.30 Mountain Time, Winnipeg and Vegas. That's it. I mean, that's that's why they feel so weird. There's so few of them. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, for you, like, I, I know you had to work, but that, that would have been like the dream day for you because then you I just – I can never like, catch these games just yeah. where they put them because just somehow, even though they fall on Saturdays, that's just whenever the Ravens have those weird scheduled games. Yeah, that's how it goes. But – it was a fun game. Glad the Avs won. I'm glad they're back home. And by the time you're listening to this, you'll be a day away from the Avs playing the Caps. And the Avs are in the middle of a nice little basically three and a half days off, which I don't think could have come at a better time for this team. Desperately needed. That was a tough road trip. Like you finished three and two. All of those games were competitive. All of them were tight. All of them had their problems. All of them had their strengths. I mean, all in all, solid road trip. You don't lose consecutive games. You don't win consecutive games. You know, it's it's fine. Then the other that road trip could have easily been zero and five. Yeah. I, oh, easily could have been zero and five. You're down three zero to Toronto. You just fall short against the Habs. That Ottawa game was a mess. You would have lost that game if you were playing a better team. Ottawa's just terrible. And Boston, you lose valiant enough effort but boston's a good team where you're not going to get away with that shit and philly carter hart was terrible like at the end of the day i mean there's a definitely an alternate universe alternate universe out there probably most of them for the asco and five on that trip you come home three and two and you're you're in a pretty good spot right now you're fourth in the league in points and points percentage you're only trailing the jets in your division right now and you know they're looking a little more vulnerable of late you know, they're eh, not really. They're still nine one. Their last ten, but they had it broken recently. And yeah, they're losing to the Bruins right now. Yeah, and the and there's your other team on the list. The Bruins are second place in the league, and Vancouver's at the top with sixty six points. And points percentage wise, it's the Jets at the top, the Bruins in second, the Canucks in third, and the Avs still in fourth. Now ahead of the Rangers, they're ahead of the Stars, the Panthers, the Golden Knights, the Oilers are climbing that list now, but. Again, we've talked about the Avs. They've had their problems this season, and they are missing their entire second line right now. Yes. They don't have Lekkanen. They don't have Val. They don't have the the unknown center that's going to be their second line center post-trade deadline because Ryan Johansson played nine minutes last game. We don't need to rehash that. He's gone eventually. It's just a matter of when. And then once you put a second line on this team and you, you can find a way to stabilize Georgiev, whether that's giving him some help in terms of a backup goalie or a rest that just get, gets him back to acceptable levels. This team's in a good spot right now, heading into the heading into the home stretch. Because after the All Star break, it it's it's pedal to the metal. That's yeah. when shit gets real. You can really start looking at playoffs. Who's who's going to end up where? Matchups. Who needs as many points to climb back in? Kind of thing. Like we're we're about to get to the nitty gritty. We're two games away from it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm going to enjoy the break when we get the break too. But uh, I this is totally off topic. I, I watch Vancouver. I don't know how they're this good. Like, I watch them and I'm like, this team doesn't jump off the page as the best team in the league. <laughs> like, I watch them and I'm just like, it's a good team, but they are just extremely lucky. It, it, that That's my takeaway when I watch them. Yeah, I mean, good for them. It's, yeah, been, like, it's been that way all season. I mean, the Canucks are owed a little bit of luck, right? Just they with- are, but like it's just like it's weird because I look at it and I'm like, how is this team still first in the league right now? Because I watch them and I'm just like, eh, like 
I watch a lot of teams and I, I guess that's just my main theme of the season is every team's kind of, eh. Like, yeah. I don't think any teams pulled away from anyone in this league. I mean, I, I think that's a good point. It extends to the entire league. There is not one single team that really blows me away right now. If you look at the standings right now, one through eight, I think you could make a case for all eight winning the cup, Vegas, Florida, Dallas, the Rangers, the Abs, Winnipeg, Boston, and Vancouver. You can make a case. Like, is it crazy that I have the least case for the Canucks out of all those teams? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not because they're unproven. And yeah. then you can go all the way pretty much to eh, Detroit's kind of the anomaly in there. But from 10 to 15, you have the Hurricanes, Maple Leafs, Oilers, Red Wings, Lightning, Kings. Yeah, I could make a case for all of them except the Red Wings winning the cup. Like, it's crazy. The the league this year has just been kind of meh. There's no really team that has scared me in the least bit. Yeah, I mean, once you get to the playoffs, I've I've said this multiple times, you throw all seeding away. Like, yes. it, it's not going to matter outside of who has home ice in these matchups. Like, favorites and shit, is, it's not going to mean anything no. once you throw away the regular season. All of these teams are are so close together that is it's going to be a slog. You're going to see probably several very deep series this year. Well, very much so. It's going to be a kick-ass playoffs. Um, I just, I want to get there, but we still have like three months till then. We got, we got a ways to go. We're 46 games. I mean, we're, we're closer to the playoffs than we were to game one against the truth, but it's still, you still got a ways to go and you still got to get these two games against Washington and LA out of the way. So we can take a look at those real quick, starting with well, the just Washington. What will we talk? Oh no, I guess we won't talk about LA because we'll record after yeah, that. We'll record right. after the Kings game, so we'll talk about both of them and just wrap it up as we head into the All Star break. Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. The Avalanche have been rolling lately as we get to the second half of this season. If you want to put your money where your mouth is as a fan, you can get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get access to this offer of 5 bucks on any NHL game and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN, the crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. And now, Back to the episode. But starting with the Caps, it's it's that time of year again for me where I just cannot enjoy this hockey game whatsoever because I'm always so worried something awful is going to happen and drag me right into the middle of it. But with the way these two teams are going right now, the Capitals, I, I have no godly explanation for why this team is the way they are. They are the most frustrating team in the NHL, bar none, because they're not actually terrible, even though they are. They're not, they're not good. They're not a good team at all, and yet they somehow stumble ass backwards into wins more often than they should and are now, points percentage-wise, sitting 18th in the league and in a playoff spot where you know they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're going to finish like 15th and get a subpar draft pick at the end of the day. And 
you look at them and it's so hard to explain how they're good. I mean, Charlie Lindgren is leading the league in save percentage who, for everyone not named Aiden Hill. Has Aiden Hill even played in two months? I don't think so. Yeah, so I mean, of active goalies right now, Charlie Lindgren's leading the league because Aiden Hill hasn't had a chance for his save percentage to go down. That's a pretty good explanation. You look at everything with this team. They're not particularly good at anything. Well, the goaltending's good. I I, I like Most the tandem. The yeah, Kemper and Kemper and Lindgren's actually been a good tandem. It's actually been Lindgren Kemper more of the time. Uh, I would anticipate Kemper probably gets the start in Colorado. Uh, just because the Caps are playing a back-to-back before. Who do they play the night before, Minnesota? They play Minnesota the night before on Tuesday in Minnesota, and then they're coming to Ball Arena to play the Avs. It's tough either way. I feel like you probably do start Lindgren against Minnesota and do your best to try to get that those two points against a worse team, and then you, you throw Kemper out there against his old team and hope he's got some tricks up his sleeve yep. or something because the Avs should beat the shit out of them. They, they should. should. They, they should. should. But the, like I said last episode, the Caps are the Steelers of the, NH, of the NHL, where they just fumble their ways into wins. If anything, it's probably nice because you don't have to watch film on this team because the team you watch doesn't show up. It's a completely different team on every single night. So you just throw some prayers out there and hope you're getting the shitty Caps, which you probably are because they're on the road. Yeah, it, it the Avs should win this game by three-plus goals. They should. But... I'm not going to say it just because the Caps have had a horseshoe up their ass the entire year so far. I think this game's closer than I would like it to be as an Avs fan. And I was texting with you offline because since we've become friends and doing this podcast, I've become basically a Caps fan as well. And I texted you saying, is it bad that I kind of like watching the Caps play hockey? And you just go, yeah, it is. This team's trash. But they are fun to watch just because they they are so bad, but somehow good at the same time. I think the Avs win this game like four to three. I think it's a way closer than we think it is. And it would not surprise me if Ovi has two goals in this game. That would shock me because the guy cannot find the back of the net at all lately. And it's like another thing that makes this season unbearable to watch. It'd be fine if they were bad and he was scoring, but they're bad and winning and he's not scoring. So it's just, I don't know why I waste my time with this team. Can you see the difference in my attitude surrounding my two teams? Where with the Avs, like, I I, I feel like I'm a realistic person. Like, the Avs yep. are a good team with a good shot at the cup. And I look at the Caps, I'm like, this is a fucking waste of my time to even spend a single... Well, that's the annoying part, is that they're finding ways to win, so it keeps you interested longer. But like, it's like I, at this point, you should have been able to already, like, bury this team's playoff chances and just been able to be like, Hank... Hopefully, get a better draft pick. You're you're in a playoff spot if it stands right now. <laughs> like, yeah. That sucks because it's it's going to do the same thing it does you every year. They're going to get your hopes up. Yeah, and um, you know if they make it in the playoffs, you're going to talk yourself into some way like caring about this team again because that's just what being a fan it's, is. It's the playoffs. I'm going to go right. to the game and everything, and I'm going to you know get my right. up and everything. Like that's just how fandom works. But also. I know this team's not going to make the playoffs. They have the toughest schedule in the league down the stretch. They've played no competition recently. They still have to play the Jets twice, three games against the Bruins, two games against the Avs. They still have twice to go against the Panthers, and they, they've they played most of the bad teams already. Like, they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're yeah. going to make it close enough that they're not going to sell at the deadline, yep. and they're... Yeah, it's, it's just going to be fun. Uh, like, like Griffin said, these are... This is the first of two nights that he absolutely hates hockey. Uh, this is his worst nightmare. Why games. are these games so chippy? 
All, every single time these two teams meet, there is some kind of shit that goes down that makes it chippy and everyone starts getting each other's face. And I just I want to sink into the floor because like yeah. they're not fun. I, no. I I want to root for the abs in the games, but it's like I, I you got to get yeah, no, everyone gets it. Everyone gets it. You, you just have to you gotta make it through Wednesday. I do think it's gonna be close, but I do think the abs get the win four to three. What do you think the final score is gonna be? I think the abs are gonna win this game five to two. I mean, I, I think Georgiev's going to have a, a solid night. I mean, I just, I just don't, watching the Caps, I don't know what they have that could recounter what the Avs do. The speed's going to be too much for them. Kemper going up against his old team generally doesn't go that well for him from what we know of him in the past. I mean, there's always a lot of motion surrounding those games, and he's been okay this season. I think he gets a lot more hate from Caps fans than he deserves, but at the end of the day, he is below 900. And Charlie Lindgren is almost a 930 with this team. And the Caps, I just, I don't know, like I said, what they could do that the Avs, even battered and getting Lekkinen back, wouldn't be able to handle compared to everything else. So long as they get saves from Georgiev in this game, I think they're going to be fine. That's the difference in this game. I don't think Georgiev plays in this game. I think it's Prozotov for Anandin. Yeah, I'd be okay with that too. Honestly. Because you, you you do got to take advantage. Like, this is a prime opportunity to stick your If you have a team coming in on the second half of a back-to-back. Who doesn't right score? Start who does not score? The Caps yeah. do not score. They are, the aside from the fucking Sharks, who are historically terrible, the lowest scoring team in the league. The Hawks score more goals than this Caps team. So, yeah. And that's I think why I think it's going to be close. Is because I do think Prozotop ran and gets yes. the start. Yeah, so I, I completely agree. I think that would be a smart thing to do for them to – to put Ananen in there, I don't think they put Prozbatov back in there. I, I just don't think that's something they're comfortable with after his last couple of games. And I think they want to give Ananen a home game eventually. He's played yeah. a lot of games in Ottawa. Has he played more games in Ottawa than he has in Colorado? Yes. Because yes. he's, he's two in Ottawa, one in Philly, and then one against the Devils at home. But that was also yeah. when the Abs were terrible uh, against that Devils team. That was killer. But... Yeah, I, I just think it's going to be a close game. I think Yuriev gets a, another break, especially with him going in, because you're not going to sit him against the Kings because the Kings are a conference opponent. It just makes sense, I, yeah. I think, to start. Pros are top for Ananen. And then, yeah, we know Yuriev has to go for All-Star Weekend, but just have him go play against the Kings. And I think it just makes sense, in my opinion. But uh, I'm excited for that game. Again, no reason why this game's starting at 7.30 local time. It makes zero sense. Yeah, but and, you know, fucks me too. But you know what? Yeah. At the end of the day. And also, I there there are guys on this Caps team that come the trade deadline if they fall out of the race. Nick Dowd, man. We've talked about Nick it. Dowd. And if we're if we're making the big swing for the two C, I don't know if there's a better option than Dylan Strom. I really don't. I just don't think the Caps would give up on him. I don't either. But I, I, I don't even want to say what I'd be willing to to give up for because it would spark a debate. But Dude, if we got Dylan Strom, we talked about when he was a free agent, we wanted to get him. Yeah, I, and I'm, I'm the realistic it. center who would get traded from the Caps is Kuznetsov, and, and he's, he's not. He's, and he's not going to get traded because he's terrible. He's yeah, like, yeah. Genu- genuinely awful. If the Avs trade for Evgeny Kuznetsov, I will be angry about it because yep. he will make this team worse. I would actually rather have Ryan Johansson. I'm not kidding. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I've watched a lot of games because wasn't he healthy scratch a couple games ago? He was healthy scratch a couple games. The only advantage Kuznetsov would have over Johansson is he can skate, but at least Johansson cares. Yeah. That'd be tough, but yeah, we'll have to see. Nick Dowd has always been, if we can get Nick Dowd. I, I really think that if they fall out of the race, Nick Dowd is going to be an F because he's he's got two years left at 1.3. And if you figure out your 2C, you've got McKinnon, 
mystery man, Ross Colton, and Nick Dowd. And that that is probably Killer. the best. It doesn't even matter who the two C is. As long as it's as long as it's okay, that's one of the best center cores in the NHL. And if it's Dylan Strome, I think I, know. I like Dylan Strome a lot too, but I just don't think the caps are gonna get off of him just because he is youngish for that team. And he's locked up pretty long term with a good AAV. This I just is the, the first year of his five year contract at five million dollars. I'm just saying. No, he, I agree with you, dude. I think it'd be awesome, but there's just no chance the Caps give up on him. No, and, and I and I and I completely agree. But if uh, if you're not sold on Bo Byram, I think there's there's something you could talk about with that. Okay. It's not one. It's not one for one. I'm not saying trade Bo Byram. But if there is something to that, you have pretty much matching salaries going in and out. I like Bo. I would trade Bo Byram for Dylan Strom. Not like one for one. Not one for one. But if like if you throw Byram and then you get Strom and Nick Dowd and maybe throw a first round pick for the Abs on the other side, I think that'd be a good trade. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm gonna leave. I it say up. Dylan Strom. Yeah, Dylan Strom. Yeah, right? Dylan Strom. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying that's going to happen or that you should do that. But if you're getting Dylan Strom at five million dollars for four yeah. seasons after this, you got deal. you got something to think about with well, that. He'd, telling you. he'd go and play with a lot of talent too, and we've seen Dylan Strom does better when he plays with talent. Right, it's, it's just the way most players are. Like right. I, I completely agree with you. That is, I give that a 0.1% chance of happening, but that would kick so much ass. I mean, the, the Capitals last year were awful in every way except Dylan Strom, who had 65 points on the Laviolette caps. Yeah. And now this year with Spencer Carberry is not going to hit that, but has still been consistently night overnight, sensational every yeah. single night. And you, you put him on this abs team, home run, I'm telling you. I just don't think it's this year. I think that would happen maybe like two years from now. Yeah. Potentially in the offseason. I just because if the caps do that to your point, they are kind of they're an even older team. They, yeah. they, they got older off that trade. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it's also, a great it, trade, it, man. That is a great trade. It's just not gonna happen. Yeah, and just the, the culture with the caps and just the caps and the wizards, Ted Leon's own teams, they think they're going to make the playoffs. They are not going to do that. So I'm yeah. sorry to get everybody's hopes up for that, but I just I've had that on my mind all day thinking about the show, and I had to get that out. So it's great. I love moving it. Moving on, but yeah, we well, well, you said five to two. I said four to three. Um, let's move on to the Kings game. Uh, that'll be Friday night, the last game before we have a massive break, which is going to be good for the team for the All Star break. The Kings, if this game would have happened a month ago, I think this game would have been a lot more scary. But the Kings have not been that great lately. Like, they are just kind of meh. And they are seventh in the West right now, 52 points. They've fallen behind the Oilers, and the Oilers are the hottest team in the NHL. But now all of a sudden, this team is in a wild card spot. And they're still a good team. Don't get me wrong. I think they're a great team. But they have kind of fallen off the map. Yeah, they, they, they are in free fall currently. They beat the Rangers in their last game, which brought them up to two, five and three in their last 10 games. And like, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what changed, but it just seems like those games they played against Vegas and Edmonton, like broke them somehow. Right. Like they just have not been able to figure it out. Cause after that, they did not win until those, that those two games happened on the 28th and the 30th of December. They did not win again until the 15th against Carolina. And then they lost to Dallas they lost to Nashville, and then they finally beat the Rangers two to one on Saturday. 
And I, they, I, you got to get, you got to, they got a crazy game from big game Dave Riddick. Like that, right. that that's oh. where they're at. Like their goaltending was a concern going into the year. Cam Talbot's been better than we thought, but he is Cam Talbot. And like, also starting to turn back into a pumpkin. Right. Like this LA Kings team is still very good. I mean, I think they're a very good team, but the abs are getting them at the right time. Like yeah. this is, this doesn't it kind of remind you of the Vegas game where it was like, yeah, Vegas is still good, but Vegas hasn't been playing a lot of good hockey lately. And the abs kind of took it to them in that game. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of that in this game against the Kings. I completely agree. I think the Kings are a good team who is way too good to miss the playoffs. This is okay. not, this is, much like the Oilers, where this is their best best stretch of the season, and it's going to cool down, the opposite is also true. The Kings are in a free fall. They're going to stabilize. But now they're putting themselves in a very interesting spot where they're going to have to fight for the Oilers and fight for that third spot in the Pacific because Vegas and Vancouver are probably going to be one and two. Or mm, maybe, Vegas, maybe the, but yeah, I mean, Vegas could be. That's could what be I'm saying. Like maybe the Oilers can climb even further, and then the Kings have to fight with Vegas. Like they've... They're going to make the playoffs, but they might be putting themselves in a tricky spot in terms of seeding with this stretch right now. But they're going to make it. And the Avs, they can't take them lightly. This is a team that they faced at the beginning of the season that they were able to beat. And then on, was it was at the second half of the the back-to-back for us where we went into their... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that game. Yeah, yeah. we got smoked in that yeah, game. Yeah, that was the Anaheim-LA back-to-back yep. where just they... That was probably where the Avs were at their lowest. And now we're getting the Kings at their lowest, presumably, because I think they have two games before this. I think I mentioned that off air when we were looking at this. They have San Jose and Buffalo, which could be two get right games for them. So they potentially could be on a three game win streak if all goes well for the Kings. But then they're coming to Colorado. I like the Avs to win this game the way they're playing, especially if they're going to get Lekkanen back against Washington and on the outside chance that Byron plays. I think they're going to be feeling good about themselves. And in Colorado for the first time this season against the Kings, I think they'll get the job done. I think so too. I, I think this is going to be like a four-one game. I think the Avs kind of dominate it, and they go into the All Star break feeling really good. It's just, I, I think it's just bad timing for the Kings right now. Like you said, they're in the worst part of their season. They're going to be a good team as the season goes along. But I like the Avs to win this one four to one. I think they kind of take care of business. I'd say four to two. So I think it's a very similar kind of thing. I mean, again, you need saves. That's the caveat on every single game we ever talk about is I think your gives going to be pretty good, and then he lets in five and the abs win six to five kind of thing. But as long as Georgiev plays well, the, the abs are playing better hockey than the Kings lately, and I I think they'd want to go into this all-star break feeling pretty good and on a nice little win streak, and I, I think they'll get the job done. I, I like the matchup. I do too. Remember Victor Arvinson? I remember him. I have he not played all year. That's crazy. <laughs> I was going to say, I haven't heard of him all year. I guess that explains why. Yeah, he's been out all year. But, yeah, that's going to be a fun game. I, I still – I mean, that's a potential playoff matchup if you look at it. If the Avs can finish first in the Central and the Kings fall to the wild card, like, that's how it could go. Yeah, so, that's how it could go. And if they turn it around, I mean, we've said all these teams are so close. They yeah. could make a playoff run if they turn it around and get good goaltending. Crazier things have happened. Right. I completely agree. So that'll be a fun game. Uh, but uh, we think both the abs go, bleh, we both think the abs go uh, two and zero this week, go into the all-star break feeling good and hopefully come out of it healthier and making some trades. But like we said at the beginning of this episode, I am cautiously optimistic about this team. I feel like this team's in a pretty good spot. They came out of the dark days of December and early January 
and had a pretty good month. And I think they're kind of rounding into form for yeah. how they're going to finish the season. Still not a finished product, but you have Nathan McKinnon leading the league in points, Miko Ranton, 26 goals, and your goaltending has been ass all year and you're still finding ways to be at top of the league. Yeah. So I feel good about where the abs are at and I just can't wait for this break. Yeah. I mean, you're a top five team in the league right now. And at your worst, you've never been below top 10. Like this right. team, even at their worst, never fell out of the top three in the central and was n- never significantly trailed Winnipeg or Dallas at any point. Even now they're, yeah, the the Jets have three games in hand on them. They're only a point back. And all it takes is the Jets to, to fall off a little bit. And the abs are suddenly right back in that okay. conversation, which is exactly what we saw last year when the Jets just fell off the face of the earth and went from top of the central to second wild card and barely making the playoffs by the end of the season. Not that I think, again, that's going to happen this year again, but something we saw last year with the exact same group of guys, just without Pierre-Luc Dubois this time, which helped them. Probably a benefit. <laughs> yeah, probably a, probably a benefit to have three better players than Pierre-Luc Dubois on their team this year. But the Avs, they're, they're going to be in the thick of everything right to the very end. Like the, As bad as things have felt, at certain points this season, it's really never been that bad. And you get healthy, you get a second line. Like You're missing an entire second line right now. Yes. You get a second line, you start getting some saves. The sky's the limit for this team, man. This league's wide open. Yeah, they don't have Gabe Landeskog. I, I think they can do it without him, even if he doesn't come back in the playoffs. Like this team, they're, my, the conclusion I always come to on this team is they're, they're so close. They're right there. They just need a little bit of help. They just need to get a little bit closer. And I'd, I'd put them toe to toe with anybody. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, that's just, it's a good spot to be. If you're an AFC right now, we're in a good spot and it just feels weird because the narrative around this team has kind of been what's missing. And it's like, Oh yeah, there's some things missing, but they're still really fucking good. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's what I said last episode is like, yeah, you want this team to get better and make improvements, but you still have to appreciate this team in front of you right now right. and what they're doing. They are one of the best teams in the NHL. You're getting what could end up being the best season of Nathan McKinnon's career when okay. all is said and done at the end of the day. And Kale McCarr as like, by his standards playing average and is still potentially on pace to win another Norris this season. He's going to go toe to toe with Hughes to the end and just hit 300 points. The, the only guy to ever do it faster than him is Bobby Orr. Yeah. The, like the kind of things like just you have to appreciate with where we're at and not always constantly be laser focused on the deadline. The trade deadline is going to come. We're going to, you're going to see this team make improvements. They're still winning games. Even this team going into the playoffs it wouldn't be perfect. They'd still have a shot. It, yes, it probably wouldn't work. They'd still have a shot. At no, the they end. would still have a shot. Yeah. As good a shot as anyone. But I feel good. And I'm excited for these two games this week. And yeah, I, it just feels weird to have three days off without abs hockey. And yeah. it's been weird. But we should be good. Uh, I don't think I have anything else about the abs for this episode. Oh, no, nope, nope, I did. I did. Uh, the... I love the NHL for this aspect of it, that they're doing celebrity captains with the all-star teams. Um, the Avs got Tate McRae, who's my queen, uh, great vocal artist, um, one of my favorite musicians, and she kicks so much ass, and I cannot wait. Griffin, you're going to laugh so hard because Nathan McKinnon and Tate McRae could not have more opposite personalities. We are going to get all-time awkward clips from these two, 
because Tate McRae is like a bubbly, fun personality and Nathan McKinnon is all business and dry, sarcastic humor. The clips we are going to get from these two during the All-Star Week is going to be electric. I just want you to know that. I will take your word for it because I, I don't know anything about You Tate. don't know Tate McRae, bro? I know I know her name and what she looks like. Oh, and bro, that is... she, she is probably my favorite musical artist right now in the game. Um, helps she's very attractive and she can sing but uh, i saw her in concert electric show um she's really taken off she dated cole sillinger from the blue jackets oh okay that's where i've heard her name and he broke up with her or he got caught cheating on her because he was on tinder while they were dating and that dude all-time bag fumble by cole sillinger because now tate mcrae's made it to the all-star game before he did All-time bag fumble, and that's enough of pop culture for the Teledapsis podcast. Yeah, that's and, really as that's really as much as I can muster. Yeah, so you're that's, all good. That's, that is so far out of my depth. Yeah, it's all good. It's yeah. all good. But I, she, I, but now you've gotten me excited for that. Yes, that, the clips getting. between those two is going to be electric because yeah. they are just totally opposite personalities. I, they, they need to bring in more celebrities for the NHL for that purpose, just to Correct. see these people who make their careers off of being charismatic where NHL players do not. Yes. And Nathan McKinnon, by all accounts, is a very funny guy, but he's a dry, sarcastic humor. That is what Nathan McKinnon is. And Tate McRae is the complete opposite. Like, she has an online persona. It's just the eclipse between these two are going to be electric. I I certainly hope so, because other than that, like, I have nothing else to add to this. Electric stuff. And then also the worst news of all time, of all the jerseys the Avs could have gotten out of the All-Star Game ones, they get the yellow ones. Or were the yellow ones. Yeah. Which is a sad day. What a shame. Sad day. But yeah, that's all the abs news I had. Yeah, abs news. That's what I'd call that too. <laughs> Trust me, you're going to enjoy it. It's going to be oh, fun. No, I, I believe you. I believe I am going to enjoy it. And I will be learning a lot about pop culture during yes, the will. game if I choose to watch it. But in kind of loosely related abs news, Patrick Waugh is back in the NHL. Just fell out of the sky and is now the Crazy. coach of the New York Islanders after they fire Lane Lambert, which I think you could see coming. The Islanders just did not seem to be responding to Lambert anymore. Where they just they just didn't seem to have it. They just did not have their energy. Players are talking after the game like we need to be holding ourselves accountable. Like the the death thralls for a coach that hasn't had a ton of success, kind of thing. And so Patrick Waugh is back in the NHL for the first time since being out in Colorado. And he starts with a win over the Dallas Stars, which off of a Matt Duchesne turnover. Yeah. But could you poetic have scripted justice. it any better? It was poetic justice. Um, I love Patrick Waugh being in the game just because I think he is a lunatic behind the bench. Oh, the, and you, the B-roll of him on the bench on the Islander yes. game. He's pointing everywhere. He, like he, he looks like his jaw is already straining from how much he's yelling. I'm yes. so excited for this. Yes, he's a lunatic. And he was with the abs. He had one good year. And that one good year kind of screwed the abs and the fact that they thought they were better than they were. When you look at the talent on that team, you're like, yeah, that team should have kicked. I mean, that team had Nathan McKinnon, Matt Duchesne, Ryan Riley, Paul Stastny. Uh, it was a loaded team. And Semyon Varlamov should have won the Vesna that year. But they kind of underachieved. Was very demanding. Um, I'd say he's very he's more. I don't even don't want to compare him to Daryl Sutter because Daryl Sutter's actually had success in the league. 
Um, he's just a fucking lunatic, and it's going to be great seeing him behind the bench. I, I don't think he's the greatest coach in the world, but for the Islanders, what that team needed, I think it's a perfect fit. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Patrick Waugh is, is like if he'd gotten fired from the Avs and then just got recycled back into the league, I would laugh at it and call it stupid, but he went and paid his dues in Quebec. Yeah for a little while and coached that team back to a championship and has been floated around in the rumor mill for a little bit and has publicly self-reflected on that. He did not make the greatest choices in Colorado. It was his first time as a head coach. I'm 100% willing to give Patrick Waugh a second chance and give him a fair shake as coach of the Islanders. I think he can do a pretty good job because th th he's had the kind of experience where it wasn't great in Colorado, the, the city where he won all the cups and everything and is one of the greatest athletes in Denver history. And it still didn't work out here and goes back to Quebec. And like I said, paid his dues, won a championship, I think learned a lot of lessons. I like this for the Islanders because I, I think, I think that's the kind of team that will respond very well to Patrick. Yes. Waugh. And also I think Patrick Waugh as a new coach, I think the Islanders are making the playoffs because that's the kind of coach where it's like, that's a fire under your ass. It might, it might wear off eventually, but for 40 games, that, be that could be scary. Just be, just because you don't want to fuck up in front of him. This no. you don't you don't want to get on Patrick Waugh's shit list in the second half of the season. It's gonna be fun, man. I, I think it's a good fit. Uh it's kind of a bummer the Islanders already came to Colorado. I would have loved to uh seen the him back because he still will get a warm reception. He always will because of course he's Patrick fucking Waugh. Yeah. So it, it's gonna be fun. I'm intrigued of like the Eastern Conference playoff teams now, like the Caps, the Penguins, like and the Islanders. The Islanders are the team I'd want to see in there just to see Patrick Waugh in there. And it, it it should be fun. It came out of fucking nowhere. Like I knew Lane Lambert was kind of on the hot seat, but the abruptness of how it happened, like they lost to the Hawks and then that next day they they made the announcement. And I think for the first time in a long time, I broke the news to you over text instead of you breaking the news to me. I was, you were working. was I at the game still. Yeah, you were working. Yeah, wow. I, I hate to I hate to crush your heart, but I do have um, tweet notifications on. Damn, buddy. So damn, that's all right. Um, but it came out of nowhere. I, I like it. I mean, Lou Lamorello is. I, I don't. I don't. What do we say about Lou? He's kind of an idiot, but he's also like he's 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 ancient. Like yeah. he's not going to get fired. He's going to have free reign over this team until he decides he doesn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, which I don't know if that day will ever come because he's a fucking weirdo. But um, yeah, I, I, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I I think the Islanders made the right call. Lane Lambert, like he was Barry Trott's top assistant, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised this failed as epically as it did. Cause Lambert and Washington was always appreciated and always did a very good job. And with the Islanders, it, he just ran the same system as Barry Trotz, but we've seen sometimes assistant coaches, they just, they don't have all of the, the faculties to continue to hold the attention of their team. The same thing happened in Washington with, with Todd Reardon. Todd Reardon, that was his name. Yeah. The one that looks like Kevin from The Office. Yeah. yeah it, it was the same thing. Trotz moves on from Washington, and Todd Reardon's like, okay, well, he did a lot of the defensive stuff anyway, and he was as very much success to give credit to the Caps' success as much as Barry Trotz was. He was too much of a good cop. Like, he would, he would be the other half for Barry Trotz, where Trotz would get on someone's ass, and they go to Reardon about it, and he makes everyone feel better. As a head coach... 
that doesn't work. No, and I don't. He, I Todd Rudin's probably my favorite coach to watch post game pressers because that dude, he was there for two years and he still never got comfortable speaking in front of the media. Oh, he doesn't. And uh, Todd Rudin somehow still a coach in Pittsburgh right now. Have you seen the video of him? late in the game. So it's a fan filming behind the bench and he is, he has the whiteboard in front of him talking to the team and he's just holding the pen over it and writes nothing. He cooks Respect. nothing up Respect. for the power play. It's just an empty board and, and, and he just looks lost. Yeah. I love it's, it's, it's just such an unfortunate video. Cause obviously you can't hear what he's saying, but it just looks like he has no idea. No idea. Doing. I've described him as his time in Washington. But yeah. the ball on the Patrick Waugh thing, um, it'll be fun for the Islanders. I'm glad he gets a second chance. And I think he's going to make the most of it. I mean, you saw the clips of his first practice where he was like basically backskating the team. And you're just like, all right, yeah, this is this is what he does. But that that has a short sh- shelf life. These are professional athletes. I, th- I think it's a great coach to bring in in the middle of the season. Oh, I agree. I agree. I thought he would go to the Senators, but the Islanders, I think, makes a lot more sense. And I, I wish him the best of luck because he's in the East and I genuinely just don't care if he's in yeah. the East. I mean, we don't, we, th- we finished, we're finished with the Islanders, right? Yep, we're done. Don't say yeah, so We don't, we don't have to deal with that story for at very least until next season. Yeah, we can have fun cheering for it. And uh, I'm glad he got a second shot. Uh, he, I mean, his time, his time in Colorado was very weird because they had that great first year kind of stunk the second year. And did he even start the third year? No, he quit before the third year started. Yeah, like, it, it's before. it's a it's a weird tenure, and it's like I said, it's his first time as a head coach. A lot of lessons to be learned, and it's been a long time. You know, yeah. I'm I'm sure he has gone and earned his second chance. This is not your usual recycling of head coaches. Like he went he went back, like I said, to the Quebec Ramparts, led them to the Q QMJHL Championship, the Memorial won the Cup. Memorial Cup. Yep, yeah, won the Memorial Cup, and. Yeah, he earned this one. So I, I really hope it works out for him because Patrick Waugh is a is a fucking treat to watch yeah. as a coach. And honestly, him quitting last minute gave us Jared Bednar. Yeah, so. and now we have the best coach in the NHL. So how mad can you really be? And now, he's not, be. now he's not our coach. So it's a lot more entertaining as far away as you can possibly be. Possibly be. Yeah, I just love the fact that that fight scene of him like trying to go over the boards is against Bruce Boudreau, like the nicest human being ever. Like, <laughs> just it's like it's like it's what Bruce problem Boudreau, could you possibly have with Bruce? Right, like, it's it's Bruce fucking Boudreau, man. Like if it was like Rick Bonus or like Daryl Sutter, that'd be a lot cool. But you see, it's Bruce Boudreau, and you're like, he's so cute, man. Like I can't Bro, get mad at Bruce relax. Boudreau. Relax. Yeah. Like what did Bruce say to you that yeah. you that upset? And then I like I stumbled upon like Bruce Boudreaux videos, and there was one where he's just talking to the caps, and he's like cursing. And you're oh, like, Bruce it's Boudreaux? classic. That's yeah, the it's classic like, Bruce Boudreaux. And you're just like Bruce. Like I see you as like the kind grandpa, and you're actually kind of fiery. Like I respect it. Uh, I'm surprised he hasn't gotten another job yet. I don't know if he wants to. Yeah, he's just he's just such a lovable guy. Yeah, he's, he's such a lovable. Why did the caps guy. run him out of town? And I mean, we failed a lot. The team wasn't getting the results. I it's just what happens. I yeah, I love it was Bruce a long. Man. It was a long time ago. I was like fourteen. Yeah, I always love Bruce Boudreau, man. But it's just funny. You look at that clip, and it's like he's trying to fight Bruce Boudreau, like the roundest man of all time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just trying to fight Bruce Boudreau. Right, like, it's like trying to fight Santa Claus. Like what was wrong? <laughs> it's just it was such a mismatch, and that that always make me laugh. But uh, that's fun news. Best of luck, Patrick Waugh and the Islanders. It actually makes watching Islanders game more fun now that Patrick Waugh is going to be there because I can't say I'd ever tune into an Islanders game, but I will now. And that'll be fun. 
And then the other kind of final NHL news we we'll, we got before we we send you on your merry way. Corey Perry's back in the NHL. Uh, two months after the whole fiasco and with Chicago. Yeah, and take a wild guess where he's. Yeah, signed. take a wild guess. Uh, name a team that doesn't care about anything. Uh, the Oilers. Correct. Uh, he signs with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, his press conference today. I we still will probably never know what happened in Chicago, but it sounds like he's spent the past two months meeting with counselors and whatever happened, he's feeling ready to go again. It's a weird thing. I don't like, I don't want to speculate obviously because it's only fair. Like I don't want to speculate on the vowel stuff or anything like that. It's only fair. You don't want to speculate on shit. You don't know, but it's just a little weird that he's just kind of getting shuffled back in. And we just came out of nowhere too. It was like, usually you can hear like some rumblings beforehand. I I think I saw, there was a little bit of rumblings that Perry was starting to, to make a comeback. And of, of course, everybody got it right. He was going to the Oilers. Like there was, it's clear as day. They don't give a shit. They signed Evander Kane like immediately when he was available, whether we didn't even know if he was going to be like eligible to play, like eligible to play because he'd be like in court or whatever for bankruptcy. But among other things too, but yeah, among other things, that's putting the light with just bankruptcy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I I think it makes sense for Edmonton. Like if Corey Perry's the player he's been the past couple of years, like he's going to be a pain in the ass. Um, He's not going to contribute scoring, but he'll be a pain in the ass. And maybe that's what the Oilers need. I mean, the Oilers don't need much. They've won fucking 13 straight games. So we'll see. I I, I think it's just a, a funny move that he ends up with the Oilers. Yeah. I mean, it's he's a good, I mean, the Oilers need depth. We've said that for yep. seven years now. They need guys who are not named Connor McDavid to do things. And the Oilers look like they're going to make the playoffs. And Perry doesn't hurt to have in the playoffs because he's a fucking psychopath, which is proven a lot more this year correct so, nailed it around the head what, yeah. what a change from him to go from chicago to edmonton like essentially the worst yeah, team in the show yeah to... going from from tampa where he went to the stanley cup final and then staying in tampa the next year and then going to chicago where there's no hope and now back to edmonton like is yeah it's 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 so weird like i forgot Corey perry was just good for so long because he's just, oh yeah he was been, a pain in the ass in Ed, anaheim dude he's been in this role for like six years now, like yep. the better part of a decade where he's just been like a bottom six grinder. Like you forget this guy won a rocket. Remember <laughs> he had like, wasn't it like 52 goals or something like that? He had, he had 50 goals right on the dot and he had 98 points. And that won a rocket. Yeah. I mean, it's, we live in different times now. Jamie Ben won a, a art Ross with like 87 points. That's fucking crazy, man. Could you imagine if 50 won the rocket anymore? Yeah. I mean, it, you have I mean, to wonder, it does that make that long ago where Ovi was consistently winning the rocket with like 50, 51 goals? Is that a taint on Ovechkin's resume that he only was able to get 51? No. Matthews is going to get 70? Well, I mean, Ovi scored 65. <laughs> I'm just trying to get under your skin. Um, yeah, it's it, the NHL is weird now. Like, the skill is better than it has ever been. It just, yeah. And it just kind of appeared on it. Like, Matthews broke the 60 mark, and now we're going to have three straight seasons of 60 goal scores. Yeah. I mean, Matthews could – he's on pace for 70, isn't he? Matthews could hit 70. Like, that's the scary part. Like, we're not even talking about it. Like, he's at, what, 38 right now? Yeah, I think he scored his 38th last night. Yeah, he's at 38 right now. I'm I'm pissed Sam Reinhardt's not going to win the the rocket. That would have been really funny. That would have been really funny. Like it's just funny cuz Matthews is having this year and there's like no MVP buzz around him. <laughs> no, none whatsoever cuz like no one believes in the Leafs whatsoever. Yeah. There's just it's such, 38 goals. It's like, such, yeah, 
He's going to score 70 and he'll probably won't even finish in the top three of MVP voting. Yeah. And he might make most ballots on the top five, but it's like we're going to have the heart conversation. McKinnon, Kucherov, who cares? McDavid. Maybe Matthews, McDavid. Probably McDavid, we're being honest. McDavid, Matthews, Crosby. It's just funny because it's just like – First of all, what a list. What a list of five people right there. He's going to score 70 and he'll be like, hey. Who cares? <laughs> you have a 70 goal season, probably not even be a finalist. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. He's at 38. Um, but yeah, good for Corey. I mean, I don't know. Yes. I mean, he's, yeah. he's making league men. I'm making league men. But, yeah. He got uh, a significant pay cut for whatever the hell happened. So, yeah. So we'll see. The Oilers, like we said, that's probably the craziest story in sports 13 and 0, 13 game win streak. They are playing some cupcakes. It more than likely will hit 14 or 15 by the time. Yeah, this uh, they, they, they also there. yeah we'll see if they can make a push for the record eventually because it's not super tough coming up for them. Yeah, so the Oilers are back. It was fun when they were terrible. Uh, Jay Woodcroft is probably sitting there just punching air because the analytics finally started to catch up with them. Where it was like, yeah, this team is good. It's just they could not buy a goal, and now they are getting goals. And they're who's their interim coach? I forget what his name is. I was hoping you wouldn't ask me because I have Yeah, I have no idea. But he looks like a fucking genius because it's like, yeah, we've actually just started scoring and our goalies stopped a beach ball finally. Like, uh, Chris Knobloch. Knob- All right. Yeah, and he looks like a genius, kind of like Woodcroft did. I, I I hope the K is silent. Knobloch. Noblo. Yeah, I think it's Knobloch. But uh, yeah. see how much I'm keeping up with the Oilers yeah. lately. He looks like a genius because now they've won 13 straight. And it's like, well, no, the, they yeah. finally And you know what? Stuart Skinner's a 906 goalie on the entire season. Crazy. Cra- crazy how that's all you need. Yeah. You just need someone who stopped the fucking puck. In the NHL, it's crazy that 906 will get you, like, possibly a top three seed in your division now. <laughs> this season, a 905 is a guaranteed playoff spot. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. So, have to wait and see. But I don't think I have anything else, man. I'm ready for these games uh, this week and then a nice all-star break. Not a break for us, but it'll be nice not to have to stress about games for a little bit. Yeah, take a nice little break and just hope no one gets hurt in the all-star game. So yes, we'll leave it at that for now. We're going to wrap this one up here. Thank you all so very much for tuning in to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. You can use promo code Tell It Abs It Is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at Tell It Abs It Is. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in. And we will catch you all next time. But until then... Let's go abs.